The Money Show. Other people's money. Uh, it's all about your money first before we get to another person's money. Uh, just reflecting over the last week at comments made by central bankers that have a direct impact on your back pocket. At last week's Reserve Bank Monetary Policy Committee implying that we will get further interest rate hikes next year. The market's betting on 250 basis point interest rate hikes to take interest rates to a level where it takes enough oxygen out of the economy to quell spending uh, in a way that then causes inflation to slow down down. Also tonight I see one of the Fed governors in the United States talking about that there will be interest rate hikes into 2023 and that is also supported uh, by what Christine Lagarde at the European Central Bank was saying today that uh, it is too early to call the end of inflation which in central bankers speak means we'll keep rising, raising interest rates until we know that inflation is under control. Um, they're terrified of letting this inflation uh, genie out of the basket. They really are uh, out of the basket inflation where would you know out of the lamp you let the genie out of the lamp that's where genie you might keep your, your lamp in a basket but the genie most certainly is in the lamp because you can't get the genie back in again once he escapes of course on to other people's money the co-founder at retroviral it's a digital advertising agency it does lots of things is mike Sharman. Uh, he never lets go of an opportunity to make an impression if he can make an impression he won't let it pass him by and today mike Sharman founder of the digital advertising agency Retroviral. Tell us what you did. Tell us what you did today to commemorate your mother's last day of chemotherapy treatment. You invaded, you invaded the Mill Park Clinic today, did you not, with some scantily clad young men? What were you thinking? Patience is stretch, but uh, when it's your last day of chemotherapy, we all need a little bit of cheer. And even for some of those people that were in the ward still, I thought that we should bring a little bit of uh, festive vibe. So I had uh, two bear waiters deliver some grape juice out of what looks like a champagne bottle and then uh, some uh, branded cake to swish down the awesome opportunity and to celebrate the momentous occasion. So, yes, always got to look for an opportunity to spread a bit of joy and entertainment. Bruce Whitfield, how are you, sir? You know, incredible. I watched that stunt of yours today and I just chortled no end. Is your mom talking to you yet or not? No, she, she was very apologetic, but the nurses were absolutely... <laughs> In pandemonium. They were loving it. They were a little bit short-staffed. I think there were nurses that were writing exams, so it definitely brought the right kind of flavor for a somber mood. And uh, yeah, I was very I was very polite about the, the starting process. And then it just kicked off, because I think we all need a bit of kindness, especially at this time of year. Did you do it like a flash mob, or did you warn them that you were coming with men with no trousers? Listen, Bruce, I have to tell you several times, the only F word we're not allowed to say at Retroviral is flash mob. <laughs> That's a swear word. <laughs> but it, it, is, it, is very, it is very coordinated. You know, when you, you plugged in there to the intravenous setup, it takes oh. several hours. So, you know, it was, uh, we were there, we, we walked in calmly, spoke to some of the nurses and the receptionist. And I said, here we go, we're just bringing some festive cheer in. The boys went into the into the bathroom. They put on their their aprons with their bottoms exposed and their uh, <laughs> and their um, bow ties, and they came out. And you know, I think it brought a lot of smiles to people's faces who were in quite a, a serious predicament. So yeah, exactly. It, uh, 
it seemed to do the right kind of the right kind of good for the day. Yeah, and those chemo wards are places of great hope, of course, and maybe in some cases um, great despair. If if, if, the, if the chemo's not had the desired effect, it's going to make you feel awful in the days afterwards, and hopefully it has a positive impact. And I mean, the environment in which it is dispensed is not exactly the most cheerful place on earth either. So good to bring a little bit of cheer. Do you feel under constant pressure to make an impression, though? I don't. I just. I, I feel under constant pressure to entertain. I feel like it's in my bones. Just. I love. I love smiling, and I, I really dislike crying. Occasionally, it's good to get some tears out of your face. But uh, generally, I think we as human beings, we are born to entertain. We are born to tell stories, and we are born to celebrate goodness. And I think that uh, you know we have to listen to these terrible stories about basis points and genies coming out of baskets, basket cases, etc. So why not bring a little bit of cheer to everyone's life? And that's kind of what we we try and do. We try and elevate opportunities from comedy and not necessarily lean into drama. Although um, I'm not averse to a bit of drama too, you know. No, absolutely. I mean, when you I look at your agency, and I, you've been around since 2010, which makes you a teenager next year. Um, you I know you you combine I think three aspects of communication when you uh, when you take which you take to clients. You've got digital, which when you started in 2010 wasn't yet really a thing it was kind of emerging as a thing um you do public relations and activation which is critical why are the three pillars of the way in which you deliver brand messages my view is that the more digital savvy we become the more we crave human interaction so you can't only engage and interact with human beings on a digital level you have to have some kind of emotional connection and that comes through physical experiences and immersing yourself in an opportunity to feel like we all want to feel and and like i said earlier sometimes that's humor sometimes it's from crying but we we really realized over the last couple of years how much we missed other human beings like i absolutely hate remote i hate being out of your studio not being able to sweat on you when we have a conversation bruce you know that there's some upsides to COVID, and that's one of them um now no actually i love it when you sweat on me mike um now when when you 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 look at the way in which you build campaigns and uh, nando's has been very effective at this in terms of taking very serious themes and very serious material and making us laugh at ourselves in a way that we probably didn't think we could on issues from Blue Light Brigades to Robert Mugabe and so many other things where they actually take the, 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 they show us how ridiculous the world around us sometimes is. And I think you play on that quite a lot. Thanks. Yeah, I think, you know, the most effective form of communication is where you can tap into an insight, a premise or a truth that so many people across various lines of gender, background, demographics, creed, culture, religion exist. And self-deprecating form of humor is is some of the best way for us to shine a mirror of our inadequacies or of our failings as a specific country or as leadership and by putting that into the spotlight i think we as south africans do have one of the the harshest yet most realistic sense of humors out there like we can make fun of anything and you know you've chatted a few times to my good friend glenn biederman pam and he talks about spoof being not talking down to anybody in particular, but it's bringing everyone into the humor, everyone into the laughter and making fun of ourselves 
for the greater good to just get us going through those load shedding stages from one to infinity. You know, that's the way that we cope with so many of our challenges. Glenn Bitterman Pam, of course, became incredibly famous. I'm sure he was famous before in many circles, but particularly famous with my octopus teacher spoof, my creepy teacher. And that was the, the collaboration that you two did because you just saw this opportunity of this phenomenal documentary, which went on to win an Oscar and said, which of our clients can we use just to, to have a bit of fun with this and, and creepy crawly well for it. And they, uh, I think they got enormous mileage from your nuttiness out of that. Yeah, and I think, you know, occasionally we have to just try and give a crack at an idea and, and, and hope that it sticks. And, um, you know, I've, I've consumed enough content over our teenage years of running retroviral that I have a really strong gut feel. I believe that virality is a mixture of the science of preparing to to generate interest and talkability around remarkable content, but it's also that gut feel, like is this thing going to work? And is this thing, does it have the potential to reach multiple eyeballs? And I think that's the one thing that we can really pride ourselves on our, our agency, is that we have a mixture of races, shapes and sizes and backgrounds. And quite um, unashamedly, I'll put ideas or the team will put ideas into our work WhatsApp group and there's absolute tree of trust. They can turn around and say, Mike, you sound like the old white guy. Nobody's going to get this idea. Let's can it before you get ahead of yourself. But when there is an idea that's entering the public domain, and now more than ever with streaming services, we operate in a realm where the global water cooler moment and the global zeitgeist exists, where we in South Africa are watching the same content as someone in South Korea in the United States. And that's what gives us an opportunity to really tap into ideas that have the potential to not only go nationally viral, but globally viral. You were named as an individual recently in a Provoke Media. They have an Innovator 25 list, which they publish every, every year. They've been doing it uh, for, for several years now, I think. Um, and they put you on a list of marketing and communications innovators, including uh, Vladimir Zelensky, who's been nothing but remarkable in his, communicating his country's plight to the world. But they said there's something weird going on in the water at the retroviral offices. And clearly there's Mike Sharman, chap, drinks too much of that water. <laughs> you know, if if uh, if we're not coming up with great ideas, you know, you're basically sitting still. And I think that that's ultimately what our job is to do. Like, we're going to take this country forward. We have to generate stimuli that's going to push the economy forward. It's going to help brands, businesses across the board really generate opportunities to drive bottom line returns. And I think that's what we we like to pair creativity with business objectives. How can we take your product, your service, your offering and add a layer of creativity to emotionally connect with an audience and actually drive upside for you. And I'm passionate about young entrepreneurs and inspiring young South Africans to start businesses. I think we need more and more support for SMEs. And if we can drive those opportunities, we can really do anything. Anything's possible, really. Uh, I would agree. Uh, but how do you though measure your client's success how do they measure the value they get because you can have a great campaign everybody can love the campaign does it translate to sales does it translate to money in the bank is really the only test that matters ultimately everyone can love it but if they're not acting on the there's no call to action or they're not acting on the call to action um then that was you know money created for entertainment rather than for for, for generating business 
Well, that's exactly it, right? And even nowadays, I mean, when we started out, you couldn't buy media on Facebook. You couldn't buy YouTube pre-rolls. You couldn't essentially buy views and eyeballs. Nowadays, you can. You can pump enough money into any campaign and you can hit those zero, zero, zeros at the end and you can generate awareness. But for me, we are obsessed with awareness plus action, awareness plus conversion. So we always look at taking comms data and overlaying that with sales data. And most of the data with the companies and brands we work with are all being tracked in real time. So we have the opportunity to see, did X comms strategy impact bottom line sales? And that's where we measure ourselves on from a success point of view. So we are by no means a vanity metric agency. Our, uh, our virality is awareness, eyeballs plus conversion. How then do you manage your own life in amongst all of this creativity and this buzz of activity that happens within the agency? Because so often uh, we get so busy doing what we're doing on a daily basis and have so much fun doing the job that we don't want to go and deal with the boring stuff like life's admin, which is unfortunately the tedious part of being an adult. Are you any good at the personal finance side of your life? Adulting is terrible, but the best thing that I ever went through was a deal a few years ago where I was forced to scrutinize every bit of minutia around a financial perspective. And then that obviously carried into my personal life where my wife and I are very transparent and very open about the communication in terms of what we want to achieve as older adults. Do we want to pay for our kids' weddings? Do we want to put them through university? Do we need to raise bucks to put them through private school? So we have um, a very open relationship in terms of discussing money and what we want to achieve. And we work very closely with our financial advisors because like brands who come to us for communication support, I'm not a financial expert. I know the basics, but I need to work with a wingman, wingwoman to help me generate the best opportunities, the best strategies. And we look at all those opportunities. If we were to stay in Johannesburg for the rest of our lives, what kind of cash do we need to retire? If we were to semigrate to the Cape, if we wanted to move to a little island resort like Mauritius, like what do we need to achieve? And I think that's been the best opportunity over the last four or five years is really to treat our personal finance like the books of our business. Because without granular understanding of margins and all the jargon and EBITDA and all those great and wonderful things, you have to run your personal life like a CEO as you would your business, Bruce. You used uh, the plural for financial advisors. You said our financial advisors do you have separate financial advisors? Do you have many financial advisors together? Do you have like a team of people who come with briefcases and uh, say to you sternly as they clip open their briefcases? Explain. Yeah, we have we have we have a team of two, a, a man and a woman. That's why I say wingman, wingwoman, and they both have different skill sets, both from a strategic insight in terms of markets, and they both argue with my wife and I in terms of our own uh, personal strategies and our investment portfolio opportunities. Like my wife is anti RA, whereas the one FA says, you know, well you've got your RA, so you hedged against that bet. Let's put some bucks offshore whilst the other one should keep some onshore while these tech stocks are crashing out and there's a massive bleed happening globally. So I think it's really important to have contrarian views and then ultimately for you to do that additional research. Once you can obsess over aspects of finance that you can obsess like you would within your business where it becomes really interesting. I mean, if you're obsessed with crypto and NFTs and you know blockchain, that's one thing, but how can you bring that consideration into your personal life and where are you hedging the potential up and downsides if those situations start 
bullying or bearing, depending on what the situation is. So, <laughs> you did, oh, very you, you, it feels like you just picked up a personal finance uh, news, uh, section of the newspaper and read it this afternoon. It said, I must use bullying and bearing, and I must do this. I mean, I, I, I basically got, got a WhatsApp group with, uh, with finance jargon, and every time I say something, one of my mates does a shot. So here we are. I think uh, okay, one of the guys is the OJ. I think a rumbler. You, you're going to need to take them to you're going to need to take them to ICU afterwards, I think. Um, now, uh, the, the, the two people who bring you these strategic insights, are they independent? Are they, do they work together? Are they competitors uh, of, well, of each other? How, how, what's well, we'll give it a plug. I've got a, I've got a couple of FAs from PSG, and, and they've been great. And I think okay. that ultimately we, um, we formed a relationship a few years ago. Uh, I spoke to a few different um, houses, a few different independents. Um, I had a few relationships through friends and family. And ultimately, I went, I went shopping. We went shopping for the best kind of situation and solution and people we felt were were willing to challenge our headspace and these two contrarian individuals my wife is the pragmatic grounded one i'm the arty farty one with his head in the clouds so you almost need someone who's a little bit tough on you and who's going to push you to to drive you to invest in your own considerations and your own thoughts for the future it's not just about the investing in the the money portfolio it's investing in like what are the things that you want out of this and i think too few of us, um, especially those of us in advertising, take the time to really understand what kind of goals, missions, um, attributes we want to get out and how we're going to make our money work for ourselves. And I think so many people are terrified of, about finance. They'd rather stick their head in the sands. But yeah, if you can go and treat money like you would solving a brief for a client, I think it can take you very far in terms of where you want to achieve specific goals and how. Uh, I think the, the important thing here, though, and what I'm hearing so strongly from you, is the amount of time that you were prepared to spend. You didn't sort of just go to, I like that brand of, of, of financial advice, or I like that particular investment house. I'm going to go there and buy stuff from them. Or, Dad used this, this, this mob, so I'll just use them too. You went out very specifically and very intentionally to find people with whom you would gel even in the subject of tough conversations definitely and you know like i'm a fan of debate because i think it brings out the better upside and better returns for everybody and i think if you don't have a partner in finance like that and they're willing to just execute on um on a request, on a whim, I think that's a terrible thing. Like, I think you need to work with people that, that will push back and they will question you on your logic and on your investment thesis so that you can go back and you can say, listen, I actually, I, I've looked at this. I agree with you. It's the same thing in business. You know, if you, if you're looking at, at taxation and you're looking at ways in which you would take potentially a dividend as opposed to a bonus, like, why would you do those things? And where are the potential pitfalls from a taxation point of view or where are the upside opportunities? if you go down a different route and I think ultimately if you treat money like the thing that it is it's a game then ultimately you can uh, you can win and you can lose and I think that that's that that for me helps me in my headspace especially as a as an advertising dude just to try and navigate this uh, interesting world of money now the world of advertising of course you're tempted all the time by messages are you sufficiently cynical and uh, being made cynical by your own industry not to fall for the hype of uh, of products and offerings or do you sometimes just go i must have that thing that is on my screen right now that is being advertised to me i don't care what it costs the small indiana's uh, uh, small indiana's skeletons question um are, are you sometimes frivolous with money 
Not really. I mean, I'm like the least materialistic person. I'm also super tall, so I'm not built to fit into a supercar or like very expensive small race cars. So I think that that was definitely a genetic uh, support Benefit. system. Yeah. But I'm I'm not I'm not materialistic, so there's not a lot of stuff that I think I'll just buy on a whim. I'd rather like buy gifts for other people or like think about other people in my life as opposed to myself first and foremost. And yeah, I'm super cynical about messaging. I think I'm constantly analyzing billboards, looking what people are saying. Also had some like really good chuckles recently um, with the guys from Naked and Pineapple laughing at their, their different messaging. And how fascinating, like two ideas from two similar businesses in the same category, both going outdoor when they never thought they would use anything other than digital. So I think like there's these moments in time where ideas just enter the, the ether and then certain people are good at catching them and executing and others let the opportunities go by. So yeah, I'm super cynical about messaging, but at the same time, I'm, I'm very celebratory of stuff that I really like. I love tweeting about good advertising when I see it. Mm. And, so what, you know, okay, and I, I want to straight answer from you here, Mike. Um, when you're gonna treat yourself or your wife or your kids, if you're gonna treat your family, what is the yeah. most outrageous thing you would be prepared to spend money on? So my wife definitely concert. Like I would happily drop 10 grand for a ticket to a concert in another country. That became like a thing of ours, like go to New York and watch Bruno Mars in Madison Square Garden. So that's a splurge, travel and experiences off the back of travel. You paid 10 grand to watch Bruno Mars? For two tickets, come on, Bruce. You know, you, can, you, know you, can, you can like stream that stuff, close your eyes and imagine the concert, don't you? No, it's not the same. I, I, I need Bruno Mars sweating on me, Bruce. Like okay. it's start of a conversation. I understand. Okay, it's a thing about sweat. Listen, Mike, uh, congratulations on the accolade. It's really good to have uh, seen you uh, making global waves. Mike Sharman, the co-founder at Retroviral. Other people's money this evening on The Money Show.